0: BLOB TALK RADIO Good evening, everyone. It's the July 24th, 2015 edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard, where we discuss news, politics, and culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism is the one that uniquely holds up the right to the pursuit of your own happiness. I'm your host, Amy Peacock And if you've been looking out on social media, or if you've been over to my blog at DontLetItGo.com, you have seen that the title... For tonight's show is, should free speech be the issue in 2016? And this is something that I was asking out on social media earlier this week, and we'll talk about the answer to that and some other issues as well. Again, go to my blog, don'tletitgo.com, and you can see not only the titles that I plan for each show, but also program notes. I spend some time putting together an extensive list of program notes, which is essentially links to all the stories and other things that I plan to discuss during the show. So I think you might benefit from them if you want to check that out. Again, it's don'tletitgo.com. Hi, everyone, who's over here in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio. I see a number of, as we call them, the usual suspects, but I think suspect is a demeaning term. I should stop doing that. I see flycatch. Hello, Freedom Breeze. I saw Craig over there, but I don't know. Craig got dropped. Sometimes connections get dropped, but I just saw him a second ago. Uh, John Roberts, just Gene, Levi, Mark, pig fan, selfishness. Welcome. We have a number of guests with various numbers. It's like equality, 72521, right? Um, guest, 7412, and such. But anyway, welcome. If you want to chime in, of course, do so here in the chat room while you're there, or you can call. And we always welcome discussion, 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. And as usual, when I've got my little kind of title and theme for the show, I like to give you a little bit of background on how I got there. And I was re-listening to an old episode, not that old, a couple months old, but an episode of the Rowan Brooks Show, and it was one in which Ankar Gatte was the guest host and they titled it freedom of speech and the Muhammad drawings because he did the show. He actually hadn't intended to talk about this topic at all, but he was scheduled to guest host, I guess the day after Garland in early May. And, um, you know, he just had to, I guess, impromptu put together a show on free speech and, its relationship to that event and why drawing Muhammad cartoons is actually something that we should be doing. Contrary to Donald Trump who says, Hey, can't they find something else that they could be drawing instead? I highly recommend that you listen to that episode if if you haven't already. And maybe if you heard it, go ahead and re-listen to it again, because I think there are some very important things in there. And when I was Listening to that again, and I've been thinking about how pathetic our media, our culture, and so many of our politicians have been on the issue of freedom of speech. And I'm also, of course, you know, like so many people who have been listening to talk radio, either my show or other good shows, we're dismayed at the direction that the country is going right now. We think it's really bad. And sometimes when it gets really bad, you try to get back to the basics and you start thinking well which candidate for all of his or her faults is going to at least protect my right to speak out for the truth and to try to persuade everyone that we should move the country in the right direction right you say okay well at least i can count on this and that's where i started to uh, think about it um VOR in the chat room says, where the heck is Stuart? As if there's, <laughs> we have an a, an attendance requirement. Yeah, that'd be uh, cool if, if Stuart came in um, as well. But no, I I, don't, I guess I didn't see him here in the chat room. Let me scroll a little bit. So Stuart is late. So do we give him some sort of a penalty, some kind of like tardy detention? I don't know. <laughs> Flycatch says, Donald Trump. And Does that mean you're a Donald Trump supporter? Flycatch? I mean, we have Donald Trump supporters kind of zooming around different places in social media. You're a Donald Trump supporter. Okay, well, that's going to be very interesting because on the issue of free speech, I would say he has failed spectacularly. And I think free speech is a crucial, crucial issue where you don't say, I support free speech, but, which is what Donald Trump has done, on his tweets and interviews post Garland. So, again, if you go over to the blog at don'tletitgo.com, I have conveniently embedded a tweet on May 4th from Real Donald Trump, that guy's handle on Twitter. And he says, Nobody would fight harder for free speech than me, but why taunt over and over again in order to provoke possible death to audience? Capitals, all caps, dumb is what he writes with an exclamation point Rob says I don't feel tardy (laughs) I love it you guys Um, welcome Rob so I mean let's go through some important points about free speech and to show why this comment by Trump is not just inappropriate it shows a complete lack of understanding of what the right to free speech is and it's important. So on the issue of free speech, and I would, you know, argue on others, uh, Trump fails and he could not get my support. One important point that Ankar made is that freedom of speech has to be an absolute or it does not exist at all. And the reason is, is that freedom of speech, when you live in society, right, we're talking about rights here and rights are something that arise in a social context. And when you live in society, what we do is we use speech as a way to communicate and share and learn information and arrive at the right ideas. You need freedom of speech in order to engage in this process. Um, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to arrive at the right ideas. It doesn't guarantee that people are going to accept your ideas but it is a prerequisite of either arriving at the right ideas or being able to convince others of the right ideas. And in case you didn't know, if we don't arrive at the right ideas, we are not able to act on those right ideas and we are not able to sustain our lives. We can't live unless we have the right ideas and we act on them. We need ideas. That's how men survive. We don't just go around happen chance and like a plant, you know, food and everything that we need just falls on top of us. Uh, Unless you're in California and Jerry Brown has said there's no watering and then no water's coming, although we got weird rain anyway. um, But then, you know, you're also not like an animal. You can't just go around and forage and hope that everything's going to be there either. We have to have ideas right? How do you think blog talk radio got here where I can communicate to all of you on a weekly basis, which I love doing? It's because of technology. Somebody invented this stuff. And if they didn't reach the right ideas, they could not create all this. And I couldn't be speaking to you now. This is just one of the many things that enhances life. But you go, you know, through it yourself, food, clothing, and shelter. How do you get all these things? How were those things made available to you so readily and easily, it's through the use of reason and you need the right ideas and, and you need to act on them in order to create these things that we need to live. Um, now, importantly, if you're going to be searching and communicating and gaining knowledge and sharing ideas, Ankar, you know, stated in the show of, of Yaron Brooks, he said, anything and everything must be open. You have to be open to follow A logical train of thought wherever it leads and you have to follow that train of thought whether anybody else thinks it wrong offensive obnoxious etc and something that's always been true throughout history again go back you know it's funny I was watching this, this debate that Ted Cruz had with the code pink people and that's one of the links that I have for tonight and One of the things that the Code Pink people said to Ted Cruz is, why do you have to bring up all this old history, you know, from like World War II and Chamberlain and all this stuff, right? Why do you have to bring all this up? And, of course, Ted Cruz just, you know, reiterated the old adage, and it's an adage because it's so true that those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And, you know, you must look throughout history and realize that, innovators great innovators throughout history have always had the charge against them that what they're saying is wrong and offensive and obnoxious how dare these people say or think or put these theories out there i'm thinking just of galileo who was submitted to house arrest for blasphemous theories um and yeah in the in the chat room we have some uh some different examples there but you know you have to be able to follow where your train of thought wherever it leads put the ideas out there let people either listen to them or not listen to them be offended by them or not be offended by them but the right encompasses all of this and on says he says look if we allow free speech to not be an absolute it doesn't exist at all because suddenly You are not able to think and follow the train of thought wherever it leads. There are certain avenues that are cut off from you because they're deemed to just be too offensive, not politically correct. Um, And he was talking about uh, Gary Trudeau, who had been given some sort of cartoonist award or whatever, and he used the opportunity to criticize Charlie Hebdo. And he criticized what he called, um, you know, free speech absolutists. And Oncar dissected that you know and said yes, it does have to be an absolute and Moreover free speech is something that needs to be not only erected in our law, but also protected by law And we're in this really strange situation now where we have people who are speaking out and they are getting attacked and You know censored in a, in a certain way not by government, right? But by somebody else now, jihadists are coming to try to silence people here in the United States. And then the question is, will our government not only physically defend them? And I do think that our government is taking, you know, measures to physically defend people here in the United States. We heard, you know, for example, that it was several weeks ago Pamela Geller had uh, somebody who was going to be coming after her, trying to behead her, maybe and the FBI warned her about this so yes they're taking steps physically but more importantly perhaps but i would say also equally important it would be nice if leaders in our government would come out and morally support those who are exercising their free speech and who because of that are being threatened right um so protected by law but i think also knowing that they have the the verbal support. And, you know, this is something that we've been defaulting on as a country for so long in the area of foreign policy. We have not self-righteously defended ourselves in foreign policy for decades. And we now, of course, have Ted Cruz and maybe a few others who are willing to talk about us going out there and asserting our own american self-interest in foreign policy but that has been very rare and certainly this iran deal represents a total abdication of that so it wouldn't it be wonderful to see our political leaders actually stand up and you know talk about the right principles as well as act on them sometimes they will reluctantly act on them and not speak about them at all or in fact undermine right and this is what Trump, Trump is giving us an indication that as president, if he was a president, he might of course still have, you know, law enforcement protect people who speak out. He says he would, but he's going to go out there and call these people stupid and dumb. And as if they are the ones endangering the other people, completely, completely the wrong message. Um, and, and on said during the show, he says, look, if we succumb to the jihadist call that we not You know, the jihadists don't want anybody to draw Muhammad or criticize Islam. He says, if we succumb, this is not because, he says, the attackers are more powerful overall. He says, in fact, in this country, we are today committing intellectual, moral, and political suicide because we tend, as Trump showed in that tweet, we tend to view them in effect as in the right, as if there's something illegitimate in what we're doing. And I mean, first of all, there is nothing illegitimate what we're doing, right? And, you know, and this is another point that needs to be made, which is that if somebody tells you that by drawing a cartoon of a certain figure is something that they think they have the right to kill you over, that is precisely the thing that needs to be drawn in order to fight that irrational ideology. And what you're you know what you're doing if you capitulate to this and if you don't show it on media, et cetera, is you are letting irrationality win the day. You're, you know kind of upgrading the so-called Heckler's veto. Now you're giving what's called an assassin's veto to these people. So um, Now, the other thing, of course, is you know, is there something intellectually illegitimate about criticizing Islam? Um, And of course, you say that if you criticize it, it's hate speech. That's what everyone says today. And the next step, Ankar would say, is that you think that these attacks might be justified because after all, these people are committing hate speech. If you allow that to happen, if you say, "Okay, that's hate speech, the attacks are justified, we better just stop because after all, Pamela Geller and all these people are just getting people killed, then you're allowing faith to rule faith faith ruling the day and what happens with faith rules of the day again look back at history endless warfare because it's one religious sect or actually a whole entire religion the people of one religion against another religion or if we got the sunni and the shia you've seen them fighting forever or even among different sects in christianity they have fought um if you use these labels hate speech, Islamophobia, what you're doing, said on cars, you're trying to cut off all discussion about whether Islam is good or bad, and you're trying to prescribe for everyone the viewpoint that Islam is good. Everybody should accept it as good, and you shouldn't be able to argue about it. And this is exactly an anti-freedom, anti-American position, and this is exactly the thing that the cartoon contest in Garland was designed to fight they're saying no we can criticize this religion we can do precisely the thing that they're trying to prohibit by force we must do it in order to protect this principle of freedom of speech and it is a travesty that our president did not come out and you know people were joking No, have him wear the t-shirt you know with Bosch faustin's cartoon and stuff he doesn't have to do that right but all he would have to do is come out and forthrightly defend that as exactly something they could do with their freedom of expression. But if anything, we're getting the opposite indications from our president. And, you know, what I was thinking, you know, if you also integrate that with what's been going on with the Iran deal, you know, basically he's, he's put people in a position where the people who are criticizing his foreign policy in particular... The people who are criticizing his foreign policy are the people who today are most vulnerable to the failures in foreign policy, right? We're talking intellectuals, artists, critics here in United States are directly at risk due to failures in Obama's foreign policy because now we've got the jihadists on our soil. I don't think that this was true in World War II. Like I don't think we had Nazis here carrying out physical attacks on intellectuals who criticize Nazis. I just don't think that happened, but that is what's going on now. So it is crucial that people be free to speak out and say anything against this foreign policy. And in fact, we're actually seeing the failures in the foreign policy cause direct danger to American citizens here on our soil, probably for the first time in history. And, um, So I I would say that free speech is important more than ever right now. And I'm very tempted to use free speech as a litmus test. And the way I see the field right now, people are talking about Jim Webb. And I know very little about Jim Webb, but does he have a chance of winning? I don't know. We might look at him further. But in, in terms of GOP candidates, the candidate that seems to best understand and support free speech, to me, is Cruz. And yeah, I mean, am am I happy about the fact that he wanted to make gay marriage a central issue in his campaign or that he's spending a lot of time going after Planned Parenthood beyond just the defunding issue? I'm fine with defunding Planned Parenthood because I don't think that that should be a proper function of government anyway. But making such a huge issue out of it, again, shows the you know the religion operating in his policy priorities do i like that no but you know I, again this week when i was thinking about the importance of a candidate who fully understands what free speech is and is probably going to be treating it as a, as an absolute it's ted cruz one of the things i put in the program notes for today over at dontletitgo.com is the youtube video and i have shared this a couple times with you guys but it is about 50 minutes long or so it's Cruz on the senate floor talking about the time that the democrats actually wanted to amend the First Amendment, um, to put restrictions on the First Amendment, and in particular, put restrictions on corporate spending on speech. And he explained in detail why it's important to allow corporations to spend as much as they want on all the speech that they want. And, you know, he's talking about people from the left and from the right and everybody, and how basically today, if you want to speak, it involves spending money. Right, I'm here on blog talk radio. If you're on blog talk radio and you have a show, a show any longer than a half an hour, you are beyond a free account and you're paying. Right. So speech involves money. By the way, thank you to you donors who uh, actually help support this show and keep it on the air um, because it does. It takes money. And that is just true on a larger scale for any sort of corporations that are out there trying to spread ideas. Um. Uh, VOR says, I would love to be the next Prez, but I wasn't born in Kenya. Oh, Flycatch says, Cruise is ineligible to run. Oh, that's going to be a funny one. <laughs> VOR says, I can donate my brains. Feel free to use them. I, hey, and the, you know, I can use your brains in the show in terms of we can exchange ideas and I can share them out or I can debate them and therefore use your brains that way. but the only way we can do it, the only way that we can make the best use of what is in each other's brain is through full freedom of expression and that's really the point that oncar was making We got to have to do that. Um, and oncar uh, stated and this is I think of course true the the press, our press, should, by the nature of the industry that it is, be at the forefront of fighting for freedom of speech. Um, They have to be able to bring up issues and criticisms of, you know, our politicians and everything without any fear of reprisal, Um, you know, physical reprisal, either from, he said, from the government or from uh, the people that we get the message that government doesn't want to do anything about. And this is a very important point, right? If, we are listening to Obama and his spokespeople in the administration. We get the message that he really thinks that the Pamela Gellers and the Robert Spencers and the Bosch Bostons of the world, that they're the ones who have some problem with them. and the, you know, there's there's really nothing wrong at all in the religion of Islam or ways that people can take it, you know, very seriously and therefore, want to be violent none of this is supposed to be talked about right and there's really supposedly something wrong with these american citizens who are speaking out and if the media is getting that message are they going to be eager to share the ideas of these people or are they always going to be eager you know i always see pamela geller and i forget which show it is that she's interviewed on all the time it's one of the morning shows and the guy's always he, he lets her speak but he always makes sure that you know that he thinks that she's totally wrong, right? And that that's the only way that can happen. They themselves are in somewhat of fear, but they should be at the forefront of fighting for freedom of speech and defending uh, people like Geller and actually putting the cartoons out there, but they're not doing this. And that is a really bad sign. You know, Ankar said, if any profession requires the kind of freedom, this absolute freedom, it is the press. And the press, importantly, is supposed to be our check on an out-of-control government. And once they're crippled in a certain area, you think that's not going to carry over in other areas? Of course, of course, it is. Um, I, I liked the litmus test that Onkar set up there. He says we really want to have out there—I mean—to show that basically we have solved this problem of being able to criticize Islam without fear of reprisal. He says, we need to have the Islamic equivalent of the Book of Mormon, that musical, which was really insulting, insulting, insulting of the Mormon religion and of Mormons. And he says, we have to be able to have the equivalent without any fear of reprisal. Can you even imagine a world in which you could have, you know, the Quran or whatever as a musical, and it would be the same sort of thing as the Book of Mormon? And people would feel able. the The book of Jihad says, pig fan here in the chat room." Um, that would be wonderful. In order to have this, um, De- Debbie in the chat room says, "Hooray for Onkar! I'm an Onkar fan." No, and I watched a talk that he gave. Uh, I watched it on live stream at the 2015 conference this year, and it. I can't remember exactly what he said because it's been a few weeks, but it was something like you know these people who say you can't criticize islam or that you know that you're just an islamophobe he says our attitude to them should be and i think he said f you <laughs> okay there's some spirit there let's just you know tell them exactly how we feel but i, I think that's exactly right thing. But why not have you know the book of jihad as as we say here in the, in the chat room the thanks pig fan for that But he says, no, today we can't. Why? Because as he describes it, and I think is a good way to describe it, he said leading facets, leading facets of Islam, influential facets of Islam, I would put it as well, make it a militant, violent religion. Right now they are enforcing their doctrine at the point of a gun and they are using force to spread it throughout the world. That is what's going on. So you could not even imagine right now being able to have a musical that's the Islamic equivalent of the Book of Mormon and, you know, be able to get out there with uh, get out of there with your lives. That's where we are. Um, We have to defy and part of the defiance is to do precisely the thing that is prohibited by those who are threatening the harm. Okay. So this is the thing that everybody needs to think about. And this is the thing. If I was able to talk to Donald Trump, Donald Trump would never talk to me. I I don't know. He'd blow me off because I don't have the business background that he does or whatever, but you'd ask him the question, do you want to be in a society ruled by faith like in the dark ages style. And I assume he'd say no. So I'm playing Socrates with Trump who will never talk to me. But then you'd say, well, if you don't want to be in that kind of society, you have to defy those directly, directly defy those who want to put us in that type of society and who are threatening force if we don't comply with their wishes. And what do you have to do? You have to do exactly the thing that they are telling you you aren't supposed to do. That's what needs to be done. And so we have a number of people in our country today who are standing up for freedom of expression. And while, like I said, I do think that they are getting the physical protection in some ways from law enforcement in the country, they are certainly not getting moral support. And if you just look at some of the fallout from, uh, you know, Chattanooga and the way that the FBI and media and other people, other administration, I think the DHS put something out about how you're not supposed to talk about, um, you know, Islam being related to attacks and stuff that basically they're being told that they have to divorce Islam entirely from discussions of the ideology that radicalized. And, and I, you know, sometimes you watch these people on the news conferences And when they're trying to describe what happened to this guy, they have to use the passive voice. So instead of saying, you know, he was a consistent practitioner of the religion of Islam or something, you'd say he was radicalized, radicalized, right? Uh, Flycatch says, would I like to talk to Donald? I would, I would talk to Donald. I'd come up with a list of questions and I'd ask him. It would be interesting. Um, you know, what I would encourage you to do as well, you know, and again, I'm uh, to, here today, I'm mostly comparing Donald Trump to Ted Cruz. But if you would, you know, I think that Trump and Cruz have one crucial thing in, excuse me, in common, which is this attitude of defiance, right? Defiance to the authorities to business as usual in Washington. They both have that attitude. But Cruz is so much more eloquent, and has so much more substance, and has so many more of the right ideas than Trump does. Trump is also an apologist for socialized medicine, and that is something else that I would want to speak to him about, but I would definitely want to talk to him about this issue of freedom of speech, so um, yeah, I would I would certainly, and of course, I've put out there many times that I would welcome the opportunity to uh, to speak to Ted Cruz. Of course, I would like to press him on some of the things that we disagree about, but I would also like to draw out more of the things that we agree about. Um, so I hope I've convinced you that you should go listen to Onkar. Um, don't stop the show now, please, because of that. But that was what inspired me. And when you start thinking about how crucial freedom of expression is, and it's crucial to our safety today and how much it's under attack, and then you think about, the fact that the media and so many of our politicians just get it wrong and we're in such a bad place that we need free speech now more than ever to write things then you start getting to the point where you think do i have to make freedom of speech you know people talk about the one issue voter and they say oh you know i'm an uh, abortion one issue voter do we have to be free speech one issue voters that's really the question that i'm asking and tell me what you think i've gone over on social media this week. I've been on Facebook and on Twitter. Of course, longer discussions happen on Facebook, but let me just give you an idea of some of the reactions that I've gotten over on Facebook. Of course, if you follow me on Facebook, there's um, some interesting things that you're going to be seeing over there, not just politics. I put some very non-paleo food there, Um, but... I said, I'm interested in, in getting the opinions here. And the first thing that came up is that people are first also concerned about foreign policy. And I've had this come up twice. I had this come up on Facebook where, um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm moving my buttered coffee mug and I just made a sound. I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, foreign policy is a big concern. So... Um, Carry came over to the blog actually today at don't let it go to uh, don't let it go.com. and he said, well if I'm still alive then I can still speak that's really awesome um, <laughs> um, and and he's actually more concerned about foreign policy. Um, one second one second I have to type something here okay um, no I'm sorry so, so foreign policy is a big concern for him. Other people are saying over on Facebook that Second Amendment is more crucial, that actually it is the Second Amendment that enables and backs up the First Amendment. And so they feel like if they're going to be a one-issue voter that they think really it's the Second Amendment that's more crucial. What do you think? I mean, if I if I say the deep understanding of freedom of speech and the willingness to defend it is the most crucial thing. Am I barking up the wrong tree? That's, that's uh, really the question here. Hold, hold on one second. I have to be right back. Sorry about that. Just had a little uh, technical difficulty here. Yeah. So, um, okay, my safari is crashing on me. That is not a fun thing in life. Um, So, again, going over to the Facebook page, I had Froda who came on and said that he's concerned about the, um, you know, the foreign policy issue. He says, we have a, a, you know, a very nihilistic foreign policy. Let's get a better one. But yeah, once free speech goes, we are toast. And that is really true. It is our free speech that we must use if we're going to turn this country around. And right now it is under attack in a very unique way, not just from the jihadists or primarily, and this is the point that Ankar made, but primarily because of the capitulation by our media and by our politicians and our leaders. So I think it is crucial to write this, not necessarily only in politics, but I'm considering using my support for political candidates to try to improve this as well. Um, But what about this issue of second amendment, right? Um, You know, is it time where we really have to worry about that? Or are we still on the premise of voting and convincing each other through reason? Or are we really worried about the ability right now to take up arms. They're, they're, you know, It's not a coincidence, I think, that Ted Cruz, who is also really excellent on free speech, is also excellent on foreign policy and on the right to bear arms. In fact, one of the fundraisers that he did for his campaign was you could go shooting with Ted Cruz. So um, oh, Rick Wilms in the chat room says, who is Jim Webb? I think he was asking that a little bit facetiously, right? Because I think you're the one who posted about Jim Webb on, uh, yeah. <laughs> he can't hit return the right way, yeah. Um, but no, uh, you gotta you gotta lead with reason, says Robert Archer in the chat room. Of course, we're leading, and I think we're still on the premise of trying to convince. Um, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to convince people we're not trying to uh, go ahead and take up arms at this point. So, um, but, I mean, I, I am not at all surprised that a candidate who is going to be really good on freedom of expression is also going to be really good on the right to bear arms and on foreign policy. Because just I think as virtues or a unity, I'm sure the understanding of rights, if you have a good understanding, a solid understanding of rights in one area, that is going to affect your understanding of rights in other areas as well. So it's not like I have to choose, at least as far as I can tell, a candidate that's really good on free speech, but not good on foreign policy or on the right to bear arms. Um Now, let's see. Now, Hillary Clinton. No, we don't know about Hillary Clinton. People are talking about uh, we're voting for the least worst candidate. You know, I I don't think it's actually that bad. But um, And then Joe Sanders came in and says that he thinks economics, though, has to be the decider. And I actually, you know, I think that we're in such dire straits, both with the Iran deal, And with the fact that we've got the jihadist threat here, um, we've got a crisis in this administration not enforcing our uh, immigration policy so that they have released tens of thousands of criminal, illegal aliens. Um, So that's been a big thing as well. Uh, There's a whole lot going on where we've actually got a direct threat to freedom of expression in this country and that's really why i'm i'm putting it you know up Uh, some people say it's worthy of consideration um rick wilms of course here in the chat room thinks you should check out jim webb and we probably will in a future show and take a look at it um you know trump is leading in the polls right now and i think trump is like i said not very good on free speech but i actually have a Pet theory which is that maybe we will see a Donald Trump pull out an endorsement of Cruz and I'm wondering if that's going to be something that we can count on sometime in the future let me go ahead and also look over on the don't let it go unheard page on Facebook because I know some people also commented on this issue over there I'm flexible you guys can follow the show page you guys can follow my personal page but um check it out i have a don't let it go on her page on facebook but i put the same question out there i said you know are things so bad right now that we should just consider this one issue freedom of speech as the most important issue that we should go on um And over there, people seem to like it. But yeah, no, there was just a couple comments and of course a promotion of Jim Webb. Okay, okay, we'll have to look at Jim Webb in a future show. I guess we have to look at Jim Webb and we have to look at Carly Fiorina because that is another candidate whom you've told me that you think you'd want to support. So um, let's check that out. Now, who is Jim Webb? Thank you for mentioning Jim Webb as a potential defender of free speech. Um, Yeah, maybe we can talk to him. Trump, Cruz, please, no. Oh, you mean as if they were going to be running mates? No, I'm thinking Trump pulls out because he's actually not a real politician and he endorses Cruz. And maybe he would be able to, and yeah, Cruz and Trump met together in New York or something and had a nice meeting. So would it be possible for Trump to take all of the support that's been giving, you know, given to him and transfer it over to Cruz. Cruz, who has the same spirit of defiance, but channels it through an intellect which Trump just can't match. Not at all. Uh, Rob says morality brings people to the polls, economics doesn't bring people to the polls. That is true. And this is something that Yaron Brook has talked about repeatedly that people vote their morality, they don't vote their wallets. Um, generally that's true now of course morality and economics are not a dichotomy and someone like joe sanders who was talking about voting economics he himself sees the connection i think between them but i you know again you know ted cruz is probably one of the best on economics as well so we don't really have to decide one way or the other so that's a a good thing but what do you think i mean do you think could you see using this and the if you if I was able to show to you that Ted Cruz had a superior Understanding of and support for the principle of freedom of speech the right to freedom of expression That that would be meaningful to you so that you could overlook other things about him because for example one person on Facebook said well, you know, he announced his candidacy at Liberty University And when you announce your candidacy, it it shows that really you're mostly concerned about religious issues. And for me, I would say, okay, that's not good. But if he truly has a deep understanding and respect for and a commitment to protect freedom of expression, then I will still be free to state my point of view and convince people to accept my point of view. And that is much better, I think, than many other candidates might do for us. I do have an article over there. You know, again, go to my blog at DontLetItGo.com and and check out all the program notes. It is uh, from Bloomberg, and it's the commander-in-chief test for Scott Walker and these other uh, candidates. They basically have to not be Obama, right? Who is the non-Obama candidate? And it talks about the fact that um, Walker had to go ahead and, you know, comment on terrorism here in our country. And this is a quote from Walker. He says, as a governor, it's not something I deal with day in and day out, but it's increasingly becoming a focus because when I think about safety, I think about my own children. He said, quote, again, continuing with Walker when I watch a Jordanian pilot being burned alive in a cage, when I see Christians from Egypt or elsewhere around the world shot or beheaded just because of their faith, that's something I feel right here. And he's pointing to his chest. That's something that I feel in my heart. Um, and how is he going to handle foreign policy? They say, you know, because of course he's just a governor. Uh, we don't know. Um, Rick Perry, he's focused on border security. America has the right to defend the borders, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And then um, what does Bobby Jindal talk about? Jindal, he says, radical Islamic terrorism is a threat to our existence. And he says, we have a president who doesn't even want to use these words. And this is Jindal about Garland. He says, the recent events in Garland, Texas, show us that this threat is in our country He says, I don't know about you, but I was glad that those police were there to send those terrorists to the afterlife. It got me thinking maybe Texas, Louisiana, South Carolina, maybe those aren't the best places to plot attacks. In our states, we think gun control means aiming what you're hitting at. So um, there's that. Um, Now, in terms of Walker... Yeah, no, here, here's Walker, um, on, on the thread again, he says, um, what Obama needs says Walker is quote, the courage to look the American people in the eye and tell them what is not easy to say. This might not take a day. This might not take a week, a month, or even a year, but I got to tell you, it's not a matter of if another attempt is made on it to attack American soil. It's a matter of when end quote. Okay. So why is that important? That's not very helpful or strong. Um, Cruz is someone who said something more forceful than Jindal and are about as forceful as Jindal and, and right on the track. But I would say even wittier, thankfully said Cruz about Garland, one police officer helped them meet their virgins. And that's probably the line that you have heard from uh, Cruz before. But let me give you a little bit more of what Cruz said about Garland at that uh, appearance. It was just at some sort of a small appearance that he had made where he was, you know, just by coincidence asked to comment on it. Um, he uh, discussed how Obama is unwilling to use the phrase radical Islamic terrorism. So that's what Jindal said too. And then this is Cruz. He said, we saw the ugly face of Islamic terrorism in my home state of Texas in Garland where two jihadists came to commit murder. Thankfully, one police officer helped them meet their virgins, end quote. And then he says, and this is about the free speech issue, right? Now, notice the other guys weren't necessarily connecting it to free speech. Here's Cruz connecting the Garland attack to the issue of free speech. He says, but when given the choice between free speech and the political correctness of refusing to acknowledge radical Islamic terrorism, it's a time for choosing where we stand, end quote. And then he, uh, and then it goes on to talk about, you know, Cruz praising states just for standing up for religious liberty. And that's something where religious liberty, yes, I'm for religious liberty, but, you know, obviously I have some other disagreements with Cruz because I myself am an atheist, but I am very impressed. You know, and again, we didn't see, I didn't actually see the full comments that Cruz had made before, but he not only made that quip about the police officer helping the, jihadists to meet their virgins, he went on to talk about connecting it to the issue of free speech and rejecting political correctness and that we need to acknowledge, as he puts it, radical Islamic terrorism. May not be your choice of terminology, but still, I don't think I've seen any other candidate in the field actually insert the free speech issue and connect this point and realize that we need to you know, kind of forcefully defend people who are speaking out in this manner and, you know, support them morally in their choice. Uh, Rob Robert Archer in the chat room here says, it remains to be seen what Cruz's vision of man is in full. He does affirm individual rights. Yeah. Um, Rob says, and this is perceptive, uh, religious liberty is the rights version of political correctness maybe and maybe not right um because i don't think that they're actually i mean he, i don't see him for example saying we should shut down the book of Mormon. <laughs> bor says i am stealing that <laughs> don't steal it i'm a witness right now if you steal it and don't cite rob abiera for that <laughs> um Yeah, he says if they really mean it, they need to connect it to separation of church and state. And I mean, I would hope that when faced with the specter of Sharia, you know, wanting to come and dominate in our country, that they would go ahead and realize that that we need to have separation of church and state to defend us from that. (laughs) Rob is saying, hey, now you can't steal my... Religious liberty is the rights version of political correctness. Remember here on this show. I have credited Rob Abiera for that Terminology (laughs) Um, But yeah, he says otherwise it's a straw man to say religious liberty Yeah, but but nonetheless rob are you not impressed with Cruz's comments? Post garland, I think that it's excellent um, That that he did this Uh, so Thoughts? Anybody? Yeah. (laughs) Rob says, thank you, Amy, for giving me credit. Uh, Yeah, for giving him credit for his thought here. Yeah. Now we have preempted the VOR from taking that phrase for himself. Yeah. Rob says he's very impressed. So I just don't see anybody else on the political scene. I mean, first of all, Walker, I haven't in any of this, I didn't see any comments from him on Garland. We see some comments, some fairly strong comments from Jindal on Garland, but they those don't connect to the free speech issue. So now we hear Cruz connecting Garland in a strong way to free speech. And we've seen Cruz in the past be a principal defender of free speech and spending money on speech even by corporations. Since when do you see politicians do this? you don't and would you see a donald trump have this sophisticated understanding certainly not of course let me you know let me remind you of the tweet that i have out there he says nobody would fight harder for free speech than me but why taunt over and over again in order to provoke possible death to audience dumb um possible death to audience. I don't think that Pamela Geller did anything of the kind. Why? Because she had tons of security for that event. So it wasn't, that wasn't even the issue. It, it was fine. If anything, he should say, look, it, it worked exactly the way that it was supposed to. Um, the people were all safe and isn't that a good thing? And that's essentially what Cruz said, which is thankfully this police officer helped them to meet their virgin. So I you know I submit to you if you're down to these issues if you're down to the essential of foreign policy of second amendment and of first amendment that we see that there's this tremendous threat then I actually think you're going to become a Cruz supporter because of you know the importance of these issues today and the Depth of his understanding his ability to articulate it effectively out there. What do you get from Trump? Uh, I also have a link to an appearance on one of the mainstream media shows Actually, I guess this was Fox News But it was, um, you know him going out there that says Pamela Geller was essentially taunting Muslims at the muhammad event um so here's, uh, here's Donald Trump. He says, uh, we have all these problems, right? And it, this is what he says. He says, uh, I'm a bigger believer in free speech than she, Pamela Geller, is. Believe me. And I think it's very, very important. And we can't allow people to get away with bad stuff, the kind of stuff they're doing, the beheadings. We have to be tough, and we have to absolutely go in and wipe out the bad. But for her to go in, and I guess she makes money doing this says the guy who makes money declaring bankruptcy. Uh, Something has to happen. What is she doing it for? This has nothing to do with free speech, he says. This is taunting and all it does is cause trouble. And he says, and frankly, in Texas, they had a fantastic cop policeman that did an unbelievable job because these two guys were running in with AK-47s and you would have to have hundreds of people killed if this policeman didn't recognize the problem and with a regular pistol, kill both people. So you would have had tremendous hundreds of people. And she knew that. She hired security all over the place, et cetera. Um, And so he says that she went too far. And then I guess he let Pamela Geller in. Uh, She should be more responsible because what she's doing is unnecessary. Uh, Let her go and talk about, you know, she's using those to show free speech. She's not using it for any other, she's using it for her own purpose. She's doing this for her own purpose. Yeah, and I would say her own purpose is to defend freedom of speech here in the United States because she actually understands the principle and he doesn't. Again, I urge you, you know, I've, I've got the notes that I gave you a little gist of Onkar's show on free speech. But to really understand that freedom of speech has to be an absolute or it's nothing and to understand that if you do, you don't want faith to rule over us and particularly you don't want the Islamic faith to rule over us, then the thing that needs to be done to fight it is precisely the thing that they're prohibiting us from doing. Again, so long as it's freedom of expression. Now, they have, I guess, some prohibitions in their religion that are actually prohibitions of rights violations. But drawing a cartoon is not a rights violation. So if they're trying to prohibit you from doing something that is not a rights violation and you don't want to submit to that, you've got to do precisely that thing. Otherwise, you are, you know, again, submitting. You are abdicating, giving up free speech as an absolute. I do have a caller, I'm gonna go ahead and take it. You're on the air, who's this?
1: Uh, My name's Umar, and... Umar, uh, okay. Uh, Yes, um, I'm a first-time caller.
0: Yes, welcome and, to the uh, show.
1: Thank you. I'm um, listening to what's uh, taking place here. I, I know nothing of these people that you speak of. Uh, wait, which people? Um, which people? Uh, all of these names that you're saying, uh, Cruz and... Uh,
0: you Wait, you don't know who Ted Cruz is?
1: Uh, I've heard of him. Is he a senator or something?
0: He's a senator. Uh, He's running for president. How about Donald Trump? You don't know who Trump is?
1: You're fired if you think I don't know who Donald Trump is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. Good.
1: You know, I mean, but I'm not really paying attention to that. I'm listening to some of the phrases and, you know, uh, the First Amendment. Uh, Right. And, and, you know, I, I think that the... Constitution was good with some things and uh, I'll say better with others um, there mm-hmm. there are some things that are clear and definitive uh, when it comes to the religious aspect a lot of people who are religious feel as if they they have a claim uh, that associates them with law and with the Constitution because uh, some of the religious people who agreed with it and came under it, not those who made it necessarily, but those who who have come under these amendments, uh, were religious people. And uh, I'll just refer to them as the masses. Um, but basically, you know, the religious aspect is separate from free speech. Um, so you, you know, mean you mean you it, would
0: you would, you would separate freedom of expression from so-called religious liberty?
1: On on the aspect of you know everyone is allowed to to express uh, what they want unless it's it's it's, a, it's slanderous or it's you know it it hurts someone or it it, it causes someone to 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 pursue some, some type of remedy or recourse. Because they have a a
0: direct, a direct incitement of violence is maybe what you have in mind, right?
1: Exactly. That that is well. Uh, But 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 uh, incitement to violence is something that you would probably have to deal with on an individual basis, uh, because I don't know what to use as a gauge. Where I can say something about your mother and that'll excite you to violence, but someone else is saying my well, see, mother but this what, is, this you is, know, I don't this care. Is, this
0: is where, no, but this is where it's, it's, it's different, right? Because it's not, if you just are insulting somebody about their mother, that is offensive, but it is not an incitement to violence, right? Because I can be offended but then it's a very separate thing for me to take that offense and use it as a motivation to be violent. Well, uh,
1: I think it's if, offensive yeah. for anyone I think it's offensive for anyone to think that their religious belief is grounds enough to commit an act of violence. Well, because right, of, course, of at, course. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean that's just general knowledge anybody who who is, is subscribing to any religion I mean, come on! If you're pushing your religion to the point, or or, or or if no one has committed violence against you, then 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 there's no reason for you to commit violence me, against them. Let,
0: let me let me let me just press you a little bit because I, I agree with you, but I want to just play the devil's advocate, so to speak. So why do you think it's bad for someone to use their religion as a reason to commit
1: violence? Because it's, uh, one, it's a fallacy in itself. Uh, Any religion can tell you, any of the, well, I'll say the the modern three, can tell you about, uh, uh, I'll use the term, wrath of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, If God's going to deliver wrath, what do, and your God is omnipotent and and omniscient, but omnipotent and all power. Uh, what does he need you with your little sticks and stones when when he can, you know, right. <laughs> you know, flood <laughs> whole areas?
0: Right now, now there's that, but what about the fact that in the Quran, it actually calls on Muslims to commit acts of violence to join in jihad? So the book is well, telling them to to do it. And some people, you know, thankfully a very small minority, but some people, they take it seriously and they say, okay, now I should go commit these acts of violence. And they say that they can use their religion as a reason for that. So what would you tell them is, is wrong with that?
1: Well, anybody that would use their religion and let's, let's just be clear on this. Let's take any modern day Muslim, Let's mm-hmm. take them back, you know, um, six hundred years for their beliefs they'll be killed on site. Now right.
0: but I mean now and, and, and actually you about, don't you, issues, no, you don't you don't have to go back six hundred years. All they have to do is transfer themselves over to ISIS territory and they'll be killed on site as well. <laughs>
1: exactly. Right? Exactly. So so but to answer your question like directly is about what's in the Quran. Now I've read the Quran, I've read the Torah, I've read the Bible, King James version. You're better than I am.
0: You're better than I am. I've read only the well, Quran. I haven't read the other two. Well,
1: well I've, 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 I've uh, initiated myself and learned of these things only to become non-dogmatic. So, but, but I it understand. So, after. well, these these things have just translated themselves into language to me. I can speak. Uh, you know, Christian, when around Christians, you know. But I can also go to China and speak Chinese, but that doesn't mean I'm a Chinaman. So, <laughs> but uh, you speak Chinese uh, as
0: well. Wait, wait, you speak Chinese uh, as well?
1: No, oh, no, okay. I'm just using that as an example. <laughs> I was
0: gonna, I was gonna but be I, very, very impressed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I do speak other languages. Uh, I'm a bit rusty on a few of them, but uh, I, I can get around in a few. Um, but, but to answer your question with the Quran saying, uh, those people who are infidels, you know, you know, should be killed. And Mm -hmm. if we just stop, look back at history again, they've all killed each other for whatever religious reason. So honestly, you know, God's not doing the killing. It's man. And I look at it as such, but to answer your question, as far as Islam it is a major contradiction upon itself. It is an oxymoron to say, for the sake of Islam, that you would commit an act of violence towards someone else. Because let's understand that in the true, uh, uh translation of the word Islam is, means peace. So when I actually, hear word like,
0: actually, that's that's what what some people say is the translation, but others say that the actual proper translation is submission, and that
1: you will have
0: the, that you will have the peace only when there is submission.
1: That's a lie, and, and 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 it's a contextual lie, and it is actually an innovation of of the of the of the initial meaning of the word, and 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 uh, it, 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 peace meaning the opposite of chaos or like the stillness of water you know now submission can mean submission to movement and 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 maintaining balance and that is the context from from which submission has derived but it's still an innovation of islam islam means peace and and mm-hmm. and and uh, arabic came from nabatean nabatean came from uh 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 uh, uh Ar- aramaic uh, imperial Aramaic and and before that uh, Aramaic, so, so I okay, know so, the so origin but, of this word. But
0: but and I just wanted you, to say, you, but it's
1: an oxymoron you, for you to commit violence and you supposed to stand for peace. Is it not?
0: I mean, it, it certainly would, but you know, again, there is enough in the Quran where it calls for violence against infidels and against Jews in in particular that you could see that in if you take the context right now let, we could go to a chief justice john roberts interpretation based on intent and on the totality of the quran and everything if i read the, right. the if i read the totality of the quran and i have and you ask me Whether I would believe in this, you know, kind of uh, disagreement among people who interpret what Islam means, does it mean peace in the sense that we all think peace and love and hippies from the 60s? Or does it mean maybe it means peace, but only peace in the sense of you will have peace after you submit totally to this totalitarian rule of this religion? which do you believe amy after having read the quran i believe that if you're going to say it means peace at all it means only peace through total submission where we all go back to living in the dark ages like they're trying to do in the isis territory over there
1: well everybody has their own interpretation and sure and and and, 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 (laughs)
0: well but well your interpretation is, is fairly safe i guess but You know, this is why we bring it back around to the issue of freedom of expression, right? Because an important discussion that needs to be had is, you know, what does this religion actually say? And what is, you know, the influence of people who take the violent parts of it extremely seriously? Ayaan Hersey Ali, for example, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she has a book, Whereby she's urging for a reform in Islam, where people will take it as a peaceful religion, like you're describing, and that they will not take the violence and you know, kind of fire and brimstone and every and you know the calls for jihad that are in the Quran, that they won't take those seriously anymore. Um, well, if you've read also, I, I agree the, and yeah, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just saying. There, there, there are Plenty, there are plenty of Muslims, just like there are plenty of Christians. There are plenty of Jews that would and would not commit violence. So you know the religious aspect. Mm, needs I, I would, to be I would, removed. I would say.
0: Well, but I would, I would say, and I mean, you tell me whether you would agree with this or not. I, I'm just not seeing news stories of AK forty seven toting Christians going to free speech events and attempting to shoot people up and actually those guys who showed up at garland i guess they also had grenades too they had planned to go ahead and throw grenades into the crowds of people who were there who were just simply you know listening to a free speech cartoon event they weren't so plotting is your any. argument
1: with is your argument with well, the so, act that is committed or the religion of the person who has committed the Well, because so, i'm yeah, so, sure so, that let, i can me, parallel plenty
0: Yeah, no, no. So let me be clear because obviously in in the history of other religions There have been very violent periods where there have been Practitioners of the religion who have taken it to its full logical conclusion and gone ahead committed acts of violence and gone to war and everything else that has happened in the other religions but today it is only islam that has a very influential subset of practitioners who take it seriously, they're a small but very influential uh, subset who are taking it seriously, calling for violence, and in some cases carrying out acts of violence. And this is not happening in any significant scale with other world religions today that I've seen.
1: Well, Amy, I'll say this. Mm -hmm. There is not a chance in hell or on God's green earth or in God's heaven or Allah's heaven or Yahweh's heaven that Muslims are going to reign and have the empire that they did long ago. The reason why that is placed in the Quran that way is because it was the ideology along with the warfare that allowed them to gain control and either persuade you or die. And, and 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 like you said the other religions were basically the same because if you weren't a christian you were an infidel we killed you you know the conquistadors did that you know there's still conquistadors walking the to earth today and you know uh, we are I haven't seen people, him in the news, very tolerant <laughs> yeah we are very tolerant of them but i will tell you this there is not a, a a a day that muslims will have the reign that they did one, because the weaponry that the United States has is, is these are just little fuzzes and froths and pops and fizzes. Uh, well, okay, but, but see, that's, that's,
0: that's where we can get into our next issue, right? Because Barack Obama with this trade deal with Iran has, I believe, paved the way for Iran, which is a theocracy, to get a nuclear weapon and thereby they've got a checkmate against us the supposedly all-powerful militarily united states so i think we may be entering a different era what are we going to do if iran has a nuclear weapon and they're also getting as far as i understand icbm technology i can't remember from russia or china one of those places um and then they're threatening a nuclear weapon on new york then then what do we do washington dc
1: well well I think, I think that, you know, this is, this is just like, uh, something that goes on in the hood and I'll say, uh, black on black hoods where you do something and then I'm offended and now I'm going to do something to you and it escalates and it escalates and it escalates. Now you, the United States has many enemies and when it's just like the body, the body has many Uh, 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 viruses and bacteria in it and it's always fighting the united states is prepared to fight however there is a facade that must be put up and one they'll tell you for the morale of the people they're allowed to manipulate and communicate things in a specific way and they'll use the president and whatever mainstream media and independent media that they own or have birded into their their pocket. I'm, to, I'm, to, I'm, to, so-
0: to I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lo- I'm losing you here. But so how is it that you think that we wouldn't be in danger of being taken over by Muslims or at least having the world destroyed? Because if you, they take it well, really seriously, they don't even care whether they annihilate everybody if Iran has nuclear weapons.
1: Well, if, if if I think the world will be destroyed first before it's taken over like that, we you know yeah. we, are tolerant, and, and that, and that's, we are and 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 that's tolerant. no good
0: either. That's no yeah, good with, either. With, I don't want the world to be tolerant.
1: destroyed. People are, are 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 progressing from the mysticism and and and, and the old you know uh, 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 the stories of old and, 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 and all of this you know. Magical crap, right? But there's there's one there's
0: there's one place where there is no tolerance, and where they are, if anything, kind of shoring up their commitment to mysticism, and that is in places in the Middle East like Iran or in the Islamic State territories where they've been taking it over. So this is, I think, of real concern, especially as you know we're sending over a hundred billion dollars over there. And I think some of that money right. is also going to be used to to you know finance uh, attacks. I'll give you uh, the last word for a minute or so, and then I'm going to go ahead and take another caller here. I thank you for calling, Umar. But go ahead and have the last word here.
1: Oh, thank you, and I appreciate it. I, I just I just like to deal with people as people. I don't judge people by what they say. I only judge what they say at that moment and uh i think it's a good thing if we all do that i've been reading the comments in the room and uh, you know it's kind of it's kind of you guys have your own little religion where you have your guidelines that you go by and judge people i've seen things that were put in the room about me and my character i'm not trusted and and these are the things that that allow that you hit me i hit you to escalate and go on i'm about peace and 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 i can't profess being about peace unless i live it and 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 i, I can only be judged by my actions and, and 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 i would expect you all to judge others by their actions so you know you know it is it, just that simple we live together okay. we fight together we die together
0: um thank well you. let's hope let's hope that we're not all going to die together anytime soon and that's why I fight the <laughs> Iran deal but uh thank thanks very much Umar for your call and actually it's it's quite possible uh, that people in the chat room were saying maybe he was muslim maybe he wasn't I actually don't know what religious belief he had but he it was it was a decent conversation. Um, the one thing that I was hoping to draw out of him, the reason why it would be bad to, you know, commit a violent act on, you know, grounds of your religion is because it would be on the grounds of faith. And faith is not providing any sort of reason for what you're doing at all. In fact, faith is supposed to be the absence of reason. It's just obedience, blind obedience to something in the beyond. And that would be an unacceptable reason for violence. Here in civilized society, the only reason that we would accept for using force is in self-defense against those who would initiate its use. So I'm going to go ahead and grab another caller here. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Is this Bosch? Yeah. Okay, I th- I thought I recognized a, a number there. So, um, were you listening very much through the last caller or no?
2: Most of it uh, popped out a little here and there, but most of it, yeah. And uh, just just you know, he said that Islam means peace. It does not mean peace, uh, literally. No, I think, peace. I think
0: I think I think I think I answered it fairly well because
2: right. that, yeah, that's where it must have cut off, but. Uh, the word for peace in Islam is Salam, which is uh, the name of the villain in my my comic. <laughs> That's peace. And it's okay. mission, first and foremost. And also in terms of the nature of different religions, you know, Muhammad was a warlord. Uh, no Christians can go and slaughter people in the name of Jesus in his footsteps. They can't do that, literally. Whereas with Muhammad, they can. So there, there, are, there are differences there. And as you know, you know, he says a lot of people are getting better these days, getting away from faith. Fine. That part of the world, as you know, absolutely not. So they're shoring it up. They think they think we have given them victory by Obama's actions. Right. And we have. By our weakness, by us praising their evil religion. And so they are not been discouraged at all from their religion. From their mission, from their submission, as I as I as I call it. Right
0: now, what do you what do you think of the overall question? Because a couple weeks ago, I was asking on this show about well, oh, is is Ted Cruz still the guy? Because after all, he has been really pushing hard on the issue of you know gay marriage, right? Yeah. Um, and there's other areas that we disagree with him about, and Um, Also, there's been this issue of did he flip-flop on the TPA, right? Um, I actually saw uh, this whole video. I've posted the video actually over at DontLetItGo.com. So if you want to listen to Ted Cruz explain why he changed his mind and voted against TPA after having voted for it the first time, it was because he had been assured that there wasn't a certain backroom deal being made. Uh, he has come out and actually accused uh, McConnell of lying, of outright lying to all of the Republican senators as to whether and there he, was a deal about the uh, Export-Import Bank.
2: And he, can, and, and he compared him to uh, Harry Reid. The
0: yeah, not only Harry compared, to, and, and I mean, think about this, right, because basically there there was some sort of deal. It became apparent as the TPA bill, I guess, went over to the House. There was something going on. And then it turned out that there was a particular amendment having to do with the bank that McConnell took some unprecedented procedural step or, you know, a very rarely used procedural step of basically calling this amendment up and what they call filling the tree which means that no other amendments can be considered and this is the one and Cruz is calling him out on it very very forcefully very strongly so
2: and it's it's very rare because these guys are very collegiate in their behavior like oh I can't do that well he sure as hell did that
0: right right Um, did you see when he was debating these code pink protesters on the Iran deal
2: I I, mean, I thought he gave him too much airtime, I really do, but he But you them.
0: but you some you sometimes accuse me of giving people here too much airtime as well, but I'm having a discussion, you I know? So, I know I'm I, I just, I'm I, in the I, tradition I, I of, of Ted Cruz, which is not a bad tradition to be in in no, terms of engaging of with ideas. He's
2: still, he's still the best. And he still proves it every time I'm out. He's still the best despite his flaws, despite the problems that we have with him. When he makes these when he, when he tries to make these non-major issues major issues, they're not. They might be major issues to his to his religious donors. They might be, and maybe he's beholden to them in order to go out there and continue getting donations. I don't know, but he's still on the major issues. is excellent on Obamacare, on big government, on jihad, on free speech. Nobody is better. Nobody.
0: Um, I mean, he's just basically been out there doing battle. So I've got actually three different links. I've got that one video where he was on the Senate floor. I think it was today where he was accusing McConnell of lying. It was either today or yesterday. Was it today?
2: I think, I think it was
0: today. was today. And then yeah. the yeah. Code Pink yeah, protesters was, was, was this week as well. I think maybe yesterday, day before. And then okay. – um, there is a video of an exchange between Cruz and an Obama administration official. And he is grilling her on the number of illegal alien, as they call, you know, that let's try to figure out the right terminology we should be using. But can can I just um, say
2: one thing? So the, sorry, the difference between his serious principled um, approach to this kind of debate and, and, and issues as opposed to Trump. Yes. He just basically, he farts it out of himself. He goes out <laughs> there and he mocks people He farts it he, out of himself. No, he farts out of himself, he burps it out there, and people like it because, man, we don't see that from politicians. Well, he's not a politician. And I gotta say, I mean, I, I, mean, I am averse even, you know, like for praising politicians, but I'd rather have a Ted Cruz, his style, if you want to be the free leader, I mean, the leader of the free world. You can't be a clown. You can't be a clown who says, I'd rather, uh, I like guys who don't get caught, who don't get, who." you know what I mean, about about McCain. It's just so about awesome. McCain, just yeah. It. yeah. It's, it's sloppy
0: disgusting. and horribly disrespectful.
2: It's, yeah, <sighs> I mean, look, McCain's an ass, and he sucks as a politician, but don't go after, you know, in the past, yeah. I mean, just don't do it. Condemn it for well, what and, I'm is Cruz yeah. is, is is far more sophisticated, far smarter, and just better. And he he's a politician and a politician ought to control himself the way cruz does. He ought to. And
0: Rick Rick Wilms Rick Wilms in the chat room here says Trump is a squawking parrot. So there
2: there's a
0: there's a couple things we could say. I mean, you know, again, he and Cruz hey, an have a... Hypocrite. He and Cruz have... Yeah, he's a hypocrite. He and Cruz have a similar uh, appearance, you know, uh, spirit of defiance, of course.
2: Yes. But They have that in common. He, they're the only two guys who fight.
0: They are fighting. And they are fighting the media and they're fighting establishment politicians, which is great. But let's go ahead and listen to some substance from Trump as well. And, I mean, I, I would think that anybody...
2: He, no, but he doesn't who, have it.
0: Anybody but, who thinks... Does who thinks that they're conservative or at least non-leftist, anybody who thinks that they're conservative or non-leftist and thinks that they want to support Trump, they should be supporting Cruz because Cruz has that same spirit of defiance and he has actual substance. He has rhetoric ability. And again, I've shown you three examples of that.
2: Hmm? He's thoughtful. He pauses before he speaks because he's thinking about it. Unlike (laughs) Dump. Unlike, Unlike as I call him, I call him I call him Small T Big R Rump. That's what he is. <laughs> and look, um, uh, I let me let me, like let, just, let, let, me let me just let
0: me just let me let me read let me read let me read a little bit let me read a little bit to them from this article over at BuzzFeed. The headline of this piece is "A Guide to the Radical Left-Wing Ideology and Flip Flops of Fake Conservative Donald Trump." Uh, On Barack Obama in 2009, Trump said that he was, quote, a strong guy who knows what he wants, a person with, quote, the mark of a strong leader and, quote, totally a champion. And he even said that he would hire Obama. Now, what would he hire Obama Uh, for? I don't know. Uh 2011, when he was considering making a run for president, he placed himself at the vanguard of the birther movement, demanding that Obama show his birth certificate, if you remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hillary Clinton, there's pictures of him with Hillary Clinton. Uh, Hillary attended Trump's wedding in 2005. Trump also donated to her campaigns in 2002, 2005, 2006,
2: and 2007. In 2007, 2007 he called...
0: Yeah, he called Hillary, quote, very talented, a great appointment for Secretary of State. You know that Hillary Clinton is now facing criminal charges, perhaps, for the email thing? Criminal charges is what they're thinking of doing. That's what I saw on Drudge today. Finally. Um, Finally. Yeah, and, and they're saying that some of these emails, these private emails that she sent, contained classified information. Mm. but but he calls her quote a wonderful woman who has handled pressure incredibly well now this he's year he politic. called her desperate and sad
2: yeah in his, yeah, because in he, his it suits him politically right now it's yeah. it's convenient he's been president for years Again, he now gets in, in his the Clinton uh, foundation Go on. yeah in also, his sorry, 2000 he's for, he's for universal health care
0: right now is is uh, i'm wondering if yeah on the 2009 stimulus package he thought yeah. that the the stimulus package was, uh, was, quote, what we need.
2: Yes, yes. In- he also, on, on wants in- to, he also yeah. sorry, wants a bigger corporate tax. You know, yeah. I mean, this, this guy is absolutely... Yeah, as far as, as, far there as, there as right I know, he now. was, a, he
0: was a, a critic of Obamacare because it didn't have enough socialized medicine. And it's um,
2: possible. Look, I mean, th- this guy might be as corrupt as trying to get Hillary elected by going third party, siphoning yes. votes off of the republican party and having an her win. i mean who knows what yeah. i'm saying is i don't put anything past them anything no. you can't trust them at no. all
0: let me let me let me give you um some quotes on health care and again i do think that repealing obamacare is a very very important issue people should not forget that we need to do this um i've been talking about this for the last few weeks and i just saw an article from dr michael Hurd today uh, again, talking about the consolidation yeah. of the health insurance industry, the so-called health insurance industry, because it's not insurance anymore. It's like prepaid right. health care that you may or may not get. But um, the you know they're dropping like flies out there. And yeah. you know, big insurance companies are merging into even bigger companies, and we are very close already to getting to uh, single payer. Sorry, I'm getting loud cause I'm getting to. Uh, Enthusiastic. But let me read to you Trump on health care. It's important to get this out there. Uh, this is Trump, Donald Trump running as a Republican or somebody who's trying to hope to get the Republican vote. Quote, I believe in universal health care. He says, just for record, sorry, be-
2: sorry, this is nineteen ninety nine. Just for record, 1999. Right. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah.
0: Right. He says, I believe in whatever it takes to make people well and better. He said, quote, it's an entitlement to this country if we're going to have a great country. Um, He said that year that as president, he would fund, quote, a comprehensive health care program with an increase in corporate taxes. They say Trump has not now abandoned his support for universal health care, but has now said that he would achieve that goal by negotiating deals with hospitals. He says, I'm very expert on that stuff. Now I what is it with government fact. government also, sorry, negotiating a deal with hospitals? Stuff.
2: Also, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm very I'm very expert at that stuff. I mean listen to Right. Me. Right. But also one thing. He will it, let, let's just say if this if this uh, cartoon comes to life and he becomes president, he will change Obamacare into Trump care. By name right. So, exactly. Oh, now now it's Trump care. Ugh.
0: Exactly. I've only got about a minute and a half left. Tell. What have you been I, up to?
2: Hmm? I I shot an interview with uh, John Stossel on free speech, and it should air within uh, a month. And I will tell uh, listeners and Facebook and Twitter and social media all about it after the fact. And uh, I was very glad to be part of it.
0: So people should follow you at Bosch Faustin mm-hmm. on Twitter mm-hmm. and over right. on Facebook. Blogfoston.blogspot.com. Yes, and and right. I want to tell everyone, first of all, since we didn't really end on the up note that we should have, do go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com and check out the book, The Brain That Changes Itself. I have been listening to that book on Audible this week, and it is truly inspiring what they can do with neuroplasticity in order to improve the brain. So uh, thanks, Bosch and Umar for calling in this evening. I say goodbye to everyone. Let's continue the discussion over at the blog, don'tletitgo.com. Follow me, Amy Peekoff, on Twitter, or don't let it go her on Facebook, etc. And I look forward to talking to you all there and next week here on Blog Talk Radio. Have a good evening, everyone, and take care.